Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. It's Tuesday, July 12th, 2022. I'm Jackson Bird. Today, the JWST images are here. But what are we actually looking at? Plus, could gene editing put an end to cholesterol-related disease? And Cat Power is planning to perform a cover of an entire Bob Dylan concert at the original venue where he performed it. Here's some cool stuff for your ride home. After many months of anticipation and an extra hour delay in the presidential livestream last night, we have now seen the five first images released by the James Webb Space Telescope. Now, if you haven't seen them yet, hit any of the top links in the show notes to see them. They are pretty remarkable. Although, images like this from deep space are kind of like ultrasound images. You know, some people will get it right away and be brought to tears, stunned and awed by the miracle of life and the universe. Others won't quite know what they're looking at and get caught up in needing to understand before they can be as impressed as everyone else. So for anyone who falls into that second category, because let's be real, I think most of us do at least a little, let's talk for a minute about what we are actually seeing in these images. Now first, how exactly does this telescope work? Like, what makes these images so special? Phil Plate over at Sci-Fi Wire's Bad Astronomy explains, quote, JWST is an infrared telescope, meaning it's designed to see light with wavelengths longer than our eyes can perceive. This is important for astronomy. For example, warm objects emit infrared light, and that includes things like dust scattered between stars, planets, brown dwarfs, and more. So we'll have a better view of these than ever before. Distant galaxies at the edge of the observable universe are swept away from us by the expansion of the universe, their light redshifted into the infrared part of the spectrum. So that means JWST will see them clearly and provide us with the best data we've ever had on them. The huge 6.5 meter mirror, made up of 18 hexagonal smaller gold-plated mirrors, gathers a huge amount of light and provides a sharp view of the cosmos, so the images are clean and high resolution, and the battery of filters means we can convert them into color images to please our eyes and inform our brains." End quote. The Hubble Space Telescope can observe some of the infrared spectrum that JWST does, but it mostly focuses on ultraviolet and visible parts of the spectrum. And some of the images released today are of the same parts of the universe that Hubble has captured in the past, so people are doing a lot of side-by-side comparisons. And the JWST images immediately appear more high-resolution. But there are a few other things to know. First, Hubble needed weeks to scan its images of deep space, whereas JWST scanned the same area in just over 12 hours. 12 hours! 
And if you're looking at two images and trying to decide if one was taken by Hubble or by JWST, a good tip that I learned from science communicator and TikTok dad Hank Green is that the stars captured by Hubble have four diffraction spikes, making them look like crosses, whereas stars captured by JWST will always have six spikes, making them look more like snowflakes. And this is due to the strut arrangements of the mirrors and a bunch more complicated optic stuff but mostly just know four spikes means Hubble and six means JWST. And you can tell the difference between stars and galaxies because no matter the telescope, the galaxies will never have those spikes. They're just blurry little blobs. That's because their light is spread across larger areas and they have more than one source of light. So that's some of the basics, but let's talk about a couple of the images. The first one that was released last night, as introduced by President Biden and Vice President Harris, was of galaxy cluster SMACS 0723, as it appeared 4.6 billion years ago. It looks like one big blue star on a black background with a handful of other sizable stars and a ton of blobby galaxies speckled all over. It actually looks quite a bit like the galaxy print carpet from movie theaters or coach bus seats in the late 90s as Dominic Nero pointed out on Twitter. But the image contains thousands of galaxies. Every one of those specks is a galaxy, which is an overwhelming concept to wrap your head around. Quoting NASA, This image is a tiny sliver of the vast universe. The combined mass of this galaxy cluster acts as a gravitational lens, magnifying more distant galaxies, including some seen when the universe was less than a billion years old. This deep field, taken by Webb's near-infrared camera, or NIRCAM, is a composite made from images at different wavelengths. Webb's NIRCAM has brought distant galaxies into sharp focus. They have tiny, faint structures that have never been seen before, including star clusters and diffuse features. Light from these galaxies took billions of years to reach us. We are looking back in time to within a billion years after the Big Bang when viewing the youngest galaxies in this field. The light was stretched by the expansion of the universe to infrared wavelengths that Webb was designed to observe, end quote. Now, keeping in mind just how much is represented in that image, thousands of whole galaxies, and how much more is out there is really the key point here. As Plate contextualized it, quote, This image is 2.4 arc minutes across. That's an angular measure. And for comparison, the full moon on the sky is 30 arc minutes across, nearly 15 times wider than this entire image. How big is 2.4 arc minutes then? It's the same angle subtended by a half millimeter wide grain of sand on the tip of your finger held at arm's length. Hold that moat on the pad of your index finger and bring your arm out in front of you. That tiny grain of sand would then block all these thousands upon thousands of galaxies. Now think about how big the sky is compared to that grain of sand. This entire sky can fit something like 25 million such images in it. This image is a tiny, tiny fraction of the universe, yet it shows wonders and delights by the thousands. What will we see when JWST stares at one spot in the sky for as long? How many tens of thousands of distant galaxies will be revealed? How many hundreds of billions more await our investigation? End quote. And that was just one image from this initial drop. 
The other images released this morning include the spectrum of exoplanet WASP-96b, two images for the Southern Ring Nebula, Stevens Quintet, a cluster of interacting galaxies, and Carina Nebula. Now that last one is the one that really struck me the most. I immediately made it my desktop background. From Ars Technica, quote, Carina Nebula is a star-forming region about 7,600 light-years away. The focus in this image is on the edge of the nebula, what NASA is calling the nebula's cosmic cliffs. According to the scientist who introduced the image, we're seeing brand new stars that were previously completely hidden from our view. Features that are visible include bubbles and jets blown out of the gas and dust by the newly forming stars, as well as some structures that we can't even understand without more detailed examination. End quote. According to Plate, Carina Nebula is one of the Milky Way's most active star-forming factories, and the big bright stars that you see at the top of the image, quote, blast out radiation and winds of subatomic particles that eat away at the gas and dust, evaporating them. This leaves behind a wall of material, that bright scalloped horizontal line, with dense material below and less dense, hotter material above. It looks almost like a mountainous ridge, or appropriately, a cloud bank, end quote. And because of that big cloud bank of gas and dust, this image looks the most out of a sci-fi or fantasy movie to me. So much color, so much texture, it's just wild. And there's also a slightly less vibrant but still super colorful and fantastical mid-infrared version of this image, which shows dozens of stars being born. And here, Plate explains that images and infrared data like this will help us learn far more about how stars are born and what happens to their surroundings when they switch on. And ultimately, that is the whole point of JWST, learning more than we have ever been able to about our universe. We are going to be able to see the earliest galaxies that formed in our universe. And if you want a bit more of an interactive experience as you grapple with these huge concepts, the New York Times built two Instagram-powered augmented reality experiences that show you a 3D map of the observable universe and how JWST uses gravitational lensing to improve visuals. Although, like that Domino's Stranger Things AR experience, my old iPhone 8 is apparently too old to get to use this feature, so I can't give you a personal recommendation here, but it does sound pretty cool. If you want to check it out, the link is in the show notes. At FanDuel Casino, we know the only thing better than a win is a free win. That's why we made Reward Machine, the daily free-to-play game that gives you a chance to win up to $2,000 in casino bonus. We've given away over $50 million in free bonuses, and we're just getting started. Every day at 6 p.m., you get three chances to spin the Reward Machine reels. There are three ways to win. One, match any three symbols for an instant win. Two, collect symbols each day for a chance to win weekly prizes. Or three, win up to $2,000. If you collect three trophies, FanDuel has given away over $50 million to hundreds of thousands of people through Reward Machine. So what are you waiting for? Download the FanDuel Casino app by going to FanDuel.com slash PA3 and start playing Reward Machine today. That's FanDuel.com slash PA3. No purchase necessary. 21 plus and present in PA. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable casino only site credit that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. 
What if you could make one quick edit to a single letter of DNA in some of your cells and then have your cholesterol be permanently lowered? No more need to worry about heart disease or other complications from high cholesterol. It could be the future. And one patient in New Zealand has already tried it. Part of a clinical trial run by U.S. biotech company Verve Therapeutics and performed using CRISPR, if it works, it could be used on millions of people to prevent one of the number one causes of death worldwide. The initial trial will include 40 people with an inherited form of high cholesterol. Called familial hypercholesterolemia, or FH, it often causes people to have cholesterols twice as high as the average, even when they're kids. Quoting the MIT Technology Review, The gene Verve is editing is called PCSK9. It has a big role in maintaining LDL levels, and the company says its treatment will turn the gene off by introducing a one-letter misspelling. In experiments on monkeys, Verve found that the treatment lowered bad cholesterol by 60%. The effect has lasted more than a year in the animals and could well be permanent. The human experiment could entail some risk. Nanoparticles are somewhat toxic, and there have been reports of side effects, like muscle pain, in people taking other drugs to lower PCSK9. And whereas treatment with ordinary drugs can be discontinued if problems come up, there's as yet no plan to undo gene editing once it's performed. End quote. That last note is slightly concerning. And could lowering LDL permanently really prevent cardiovascular disease? Some doctors believe so, and that's the basic idea behind recommended diets, fitness plans, and pills like statins that reduce LDL. Keep it low and keep the worst effects of cardiovascular disease at bay. But those statins can have some gnarly side effects, and a one-and-done procedure would be much more convenient than a twice-a-day pill. What kind of financial cost would people be looking at, though? Other gene therapies, targeting much more rare diseases, cost hundreds of thousands to a couple million dollars. This one, however, would probably be cheaper. The MIT Tech Review says that's because the nanoparticle process is easier to scale up compared to the specially prepared viruses used in many other gene therapies right now. Plus, the mRNA COVID-19 vaccines created large-scale manufacturing capacity, and a lot of that can be repurposed for gene therapies, says Verve co-founder Kiran Musanuru. And as the tech review points out, if this does work, it could be a proof of concept for the usage of gene editing to prevent all sorts of common medical conditions. We could be on the precipice of a very cool, very huge shift in healthcare. Having a good cover song in your set is always a nice move for a musical act. You know, a nice mix of your hits, a couple of new songs, and one or two covers, maybe one of them as an encore. It's a pretty solid lineup. But Cat Power, aka Chan Marshall, goes a bit harder. At the start of the year, she released an entire album simply called Covers. It includes covers of songs by Nico, Billie Holiday, Bob Seger, Frank Ocean, Lana Del Rey, and even Ryan Gosling's band, Dead Man's Bones. It is genuinely one of my favorite albums of the year so far. But now, Cat Power is going even deeper into the cover realm by covering Bob Dylan's entire 1966 set at London's Royal Albert Hall, and she's going to be performing the whole thing at London's Royal Albert Hall. 
She told Variety, quote, When I finally got the opportunity to play the Royal Albert Hall, it was a no-brainer. I just wanted to sing Dylan songs, and as much as any, this collection of his songs, to me, belong there. End quote. She'll be doing the first half of the set acoustic on her own, and then the second half with her band, just like Dylan did in 1966. Though just what Dylan did is sometimes tough to pin down. Quoting AV Club, Marshall's choice to tackle one of Dylan's 1966 set lists comes with its own mysterious challenges, namely that the repeated bootlegging and mislabeling of recordings from the show have made it difficult to decipher for certain what set was performed there. For example, the infamous Judas Dylan live recording that became the most widely circulated rock bootleg of all time per variety was actually recorded on May 17, 1966 at the Free Trade Hall in Manchester. Even so, the moment was often credited to Royal Albert Hall, so much so that when Columbia Records released an official release of the performances, they ironically titled the two-CD set, Live 1966, The Royal Albert Hall Concert. End quote. So exactly what Cat Power might be playing is a little bit to be determined, but her version of it will be performed on November 5th with tickets going on sale this Friday. And if you're not in England, you can still catch Cat Power on tour performing a bunch of other cover songs through the US and Canada this summer and fall. Well, heads up that tomorrow, Wednesday the 13th, is National French Fry Day. Wendy's and McDonald's are both doing free French fry giveaways through their apps, and smaller chains and your local restaurants may be doing the same without the data collection. I mostly bring this up, however, to question why National French Fry Day is on a set date, July 13th, instead of, you know, Friday. Like, come on, if we're making up holidays, we might as well do it right. And according to the, I'm sure, very journalistically accurate NationalDayCalendar.com, a few folks, including the restaurant chain Checkers, have tried to get it changed to the second Friday in July. But whoever makes these decisions has thus far declined to make the change. So until then, National French Friday not being on Friday is just one more thing that doesn't make sense in our giant, ever-expanding universe. But that is it from me for today. This show was produced by Ride Home Media. I'm Jackson Bird, and I will talk to you again tomorrow.